Today, it seems that Batman changes Batmobile as often as Marvel's The Wasp changes outfits. But what was the longest time Batman used a Batmobile? Stick around, that answer might surprise you. Hello, and welcome to Fantastic Comic Fan. I am your host, R.T. Fleming, and it is my mission to help you find your next digital comic book pick from the golden age to now. I have been reading comic books for over 40 years, and have never lost my passion for comic books, something I try to pass on to old and new readers. Hello, and welcome to episode four for the week of October 18, 2021. Now, it was supposed to be the week of October 11th, but I kind of missed the week. There are some technical issues to fix, and I wanted extra time to put together the material for this week. I'm happy to announce that you'll also find new episodes on Apple Podcasts starting this week, which means the podcast can be found on every major platform. Also, with this episode, I'm adding show notes on the website, fantasticcomicfan.com, where you can better track down some of the comics I cover each week. Truthfully, this website needs a little more polish, but it's a work in progress. So now, let's get on with today's podcast. A couple of weeks ago, I did a review of DC Universe Infinite. And this week, I'm going to tackle Marvel Unlimited, which recently overhauled the whole app. Now, I am the biggest cheerleader for comics in the industry. So if I have something negative, I usually don't comment. But unfortunately, this time around, in good conscience, I cannot keep my traps shut. I can sum it up in two words concerning Marvel Unlimited. Extremely disappointing. Recently, the folks at Marvel Unlimited had an AMA on Reddit. But more on that in a minute. I reached out to the MU fans on Reddit for their comments and opinions. Honestly, I wanted not to just have my thoughts. I want to get other people's feedback. The overall consensus is the whole update is awful. A step back and a slap in the face to long-term fans. Now, the new update took away key features. For example, there's no longer a function to allow the search or view library by date, rather essential considering the 25,000 plus comics available in the system. Also excluded are alphabetical and chronological order functions. The update feels like Marvel's pushing popular titles with too much clicking and scrolling to find comics you're looking forward to read. Now typing in Defenders, what seems to come up with something a little too random. Some users would sort by publication date to read crossover events, but that functionality was removed in the new update. Many users were amazed about how and why they ruined the great app, and the update feels like such a step backward from what they had before. As stated at the beginning of the review, there was an AMA. Unfortunately, many fans felt that was a non-event, and it was a joke. That recent MAA didn't take fans' input seriously. Instead, it felt like a brush-off, full of nothing but non-answers. There appears to be quite a few buggy issues, slow loading times for pages. In addition, the personal library often doesn't adhere to, say, newest to older, and has to be redone each time using the app. Often, when removing a finished title, it keeps coming back over and over again. It feels as if there is little to no bug testing done. With many tablets loading new pages, it's a bit of slow. And even when you download it, it's still slow. 
hard before the update was relatively smooth, especially when they were downloaded. However, some others stated that it is still unreadable on Android devices if you're using the Smart Panel Zoom option. And there is too much wasted real estate space. In the new version, the screen has a good half inch of black on either side of the page. So they essentially made my great sized iPad a full inch smaller from left to right. And the icing on the cake is that as of October 11th, they are dropping support for the old version of the app. It will no longer sync with their servers. So Marvel forced everyone over to their unseemingly tested alpha before even fixing it. I find myself using Marvel Unlimited less since the update. This is because I can't easily find comics by year or scroll through an alphabetical list. There used to be a great function in the left corner that would randomly throw out a comic, and that button was so much fun. You never knew what to throw out, and I found quite a few comics that way. Overall, for me, the app took away the fun of discovering comics. I missed or didn't even know it was part of the archive. Will I drop the service? Of course not. Not at this time. But at the same time, I can't recommend the service to explore Marvel in a simple, fun way. That, as it is now, doesn't feel like a chore trying to find certain comics. Hopefully they'll update with a better version sometime in the future. Don Heck, for many fans, is known for his superhero contributions at both DC and Marvel. He did work on Wonder Woman, long runs on The Avengers, Iron Man, and he worked on the Teen Titans. Most know Heck as the co-creator of Wonder Man, Iron Man, and Black Widow. But Heck's career started in the twilight of the Golden Age and lasted right through the early 90s until he passed away from lung cancer in 1995 at the age of 66. While he does exceptional superhero art, as once popular genres like horror, war, and westerns faded, there was a lost opportunity to do those genres where he knew he stood out and excelled. Today, I want you to take a road trip back to the early days of Heck's career to showcase a side of his art you might not know, but should. Heck's early work is simply incredible. His credits started long before the Marvel age. Heck actually started in 1949 at Harvey Comics in the production department. He would do paste-ups and corrections for comic strips like Dick Tracy because Harvey was reprinting popular comic strips at the time. When it became clear that Harvey wasn't interested in his art style, Heck moved on to Hillman and Quality where he did some mystery stories. Finally, Heck got to shine in 1952 at Comic Media, a short-lived publisher in the 50s focusing on westerns, horror, and action comics. Heck's first published work was at Comic Media for Real Terror No. 1 and War Fury No. 1. While there, he did some westerns like Death Valley. While a lot of his early work was signed by Heck, it would be hard to pick out his outstanding pencils. You knew Heck when you saw it. It makes you wonder how different his career would be had Comic Media not gone out of business, or if superheroes didn't quite be so dominant as they were in the decades to come. Heck clearly enjoyed doing his non-superhero work, and Comic Media gave him all the work he could handle. Now while at Comic Media, he also did issues 7 11 of their dangerous title series, Duke Douglas, making it one of his first continuing features. Duke Douglas had a Bond Super Spy vibe to it, but at the time Ian Fleming had only released Casino Royale. 
Hex art has a vibrant and dynamic feel and makes them some great stories with a net danger title. Fortunately, for fans, all those danger issues and most of comic media's issues are available via Comic Book Plus. Because here you can get to see a side of heck not usually seen. I, like many others, believe some of the best work appeared outside the superhero genre. For example, look at Hex's cover for Danger 11. Wow, it is something fantastic. Like many publishers, before the code changed everything, comic media jumped onto the horror bandwagon. And of course, Heck went along for the ride, contributing to horrific and weird terror. After comic media shut down, Heck did an issue of Captain Gallant of the Foreign Legion for Charlton. He didn't stay at Charlton for long, for he went to Atlas, where Stan Lee hired him. Unfortunately, when the comic industry turned down, Atlas cut two-thirds of its line, and Heck was temporarily out of work, obviously not for long, and back at Marvel, and you can see the science fiction side of Heck when in 1958 he would do the first cover of Tales of Suspense. From there, from there, Heck, along with Marvel, shifted gears with superheroes and the rest of his history. However, as a side note, in the 1970s, like Kirby, Heck found himself at DC, where he did some solid gothic tales, particularly Forbidden Tales of Dark Mansion from 1972. Unfortunately, the cover was done by Nick Cardi. Nothing wrong with Cardi, but it would include to see a Heck cover. Alas, most of Heck's non-hero material, including some romances, have yet to be archived by DC. With each episode, I try to find a balance between long-term fans and those who might just picking up their comics for the first time. Throughout the history of comics, there have been countless people whose contributions get lost in the thousands and thousands of comics published. While Don Heck is not as well known as Jack Kirby in some circles, lots of fans still know him from his hero work at Marvel. Unfortunately, I could only skim the surface of Heck's talents, but my goal is to encourage you to look around and get to know him a little bit better. I suggest you check out Tomorrow's Publishing's Don Heck, a work of art by John Coates. At almost 200 pages, it does a comprehensive examination of Heck's 40-plus year career. Also, you can borrow Horror by Heck from Comicology Unlimited. This is the spooky season you'll find a credit treat to read these pre-code horror stories. Hopefully, you get a little bit more information on Heck here and you'll go out there and check out and see what he has to offer. I think you would be pleasantly surprised. Before I wrap this episode up, let's talk about the Batmobile. Actually, in the beginning, there was no Batmobile, with the Bats using the same red convertible as Bruce Wayne. The real Batmobile first appeared in Detective Comics 35 in 1940. While you made tweaks here and there, it would be nine years before the Batman of 1950 appeared in Detective Comics 156. Batman not only crashes the old Batmobile, but also ends up with two broken legs. While he recovers, he puts his new, improved Batmobile in action. Bats even let Robin give it a test drive. While DC has an archived Detective Comics 156, it is available in the recently released Batman of the 50s. With over 24 tales and over 300 pages, it is a must-read. These golden oldies are fun and give a glimpse to a different Batman than we have in the 21st century. That's it for today's podcast. Remember to check out the website, fantasticcomicfan.com, where you can find art and links to the content covered in today's episode. 
And I would love to hear from you at fantasticcomicfan, all one word, at gmail.com. Remember, new episodes every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode, and I'll see you all next time.